Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, a warm welcome back to Hayatan Tayyibah with myself, Walima Shakira Hanja. Alhamdulillah, from Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ability to always join up with our sisters and brothers across the ummah and to benefit each other bi idhnillahi ta'ala. Hayatan Tayyibah, our show airs from Monday to Friday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. And uh, we are so fortunate that we are, you know, constantly learning, developing, and most importantly, building our Imani tools. Today's Wednesday afternoon, and a reminder to all our, our uh, beloved listeners that du'as are accepted between Zuhr and Asr on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. Make sure that you are optimizing on this, on this time, that you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of your heart's desires, a specific du'a that we are making for all the people who have been ac- uh, accepted or accredited for Hajj. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make their financial decisions easy and to facilitate it for them. Allahumma ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah, on a Wednesday afternoon, we are looking at Tadabbur fi Ayat al-Rahman. We ponder over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And currently, we are looking at anxiety and depression in the light of the Quran and the Sunnah. And we are discussing in detail different causes and characteristics and ayat that are, will grant us solace from the Quran itself. Now, we mentioned that there are different causes that create this feel, these feelings of unrest, feelings of overwhelm, and more specifically, feelings of depression and anxiety. Now, when we look at the, you know, the most common causes of depression and anxiety and social unrest, it's usually when a person does not know anything about the story of his existence. And they, they, when a person does not understand the meaning behind this vast universe that he inhabits, what happens is that you know, leads to those feelings of feeling overwhelmed, I have no control, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So the second main cause that we are discussing today is the fear of the future, the fear of what might happen. And so what happens is many people in the world t- turn a blind eye and turn off you know, the, the, a, any kind of questioning of what is going to happen and how is it, how is my life going to pan out? What is going to happen to me? And so we previously gave the example of a person who, you know, you, you go to, to sleep at night and you are in your own bed, in your own house. And when you wake up suddenly, you just need a train and you're on a destination to a different, some unknown destination. You don't know who has transported you. You don't know who's driving the train. You don't know what's the destination. You don't even know what awaits you at that destination. So obviously that person will have a great deal of psychological turmoil. No matter how stunning and we explain in detail, even if you have the most awesome of views, even if you have the most comfortable of rides, even if you have every, every comfort at your disposal, you know the kind of anxiety one will feel because you don't have that information that, that you need to calm your mind. So if we look at this parable and we take it one step further, how lost and how ignorant would a person feel if that vehicle, the example of that vehicle would be like the entire world or universe? Imagine if a person wakes up now and he finds himself in a world. He doesn't even know how he got there. He doesn't know what's the purpose of his existence. He sees people living. He sees people dying. He doesn't know what death is. He doesn't know what happens after death. He doesn't know all of these things. And so, because of this chain of ignorance, there's, there's so many dangerous causes. There's so many dangerous feelings that the person goes through. And one of the main ones is depression, anxiety, and this constant unrest of the soul. 
Now, when people are young, what do we tend to do? We tend to hide away from the realities of life. We try to avoid all of these vital questions. And what do we do? We start, we, we lose ourselves in entertainment, in amusement. We lose ourselves and, you know, take up your time so that you don't have to think. And you'll find many people say this, I don't like the house to be quiet because then I'm forced to think, I'm forced to focus, I'm forced to, you know, ponder over these things. And so, subhanAllah, um, as you know, a person gets older now and you, you, you are in your youth, you can do that. As you get older, you try and try as you must. You are not able to just hide in amusement and play and being busy. And so your desires are now over and you can't escape from those questions. And so you might notice that people as they get older, depression will you know, overtake them, especially as they get to middle age and to elderly. Why? Because at that time now, you've rushed through life You've done all the things that you thought you were supposed to do. You've studied, you've got married, you had, you got your job, you've got your children, you've built your empire, you've built your business, you've, built, you've done all of these things that you were told were the things that were going to bring you this ultimate joy, ultimate greatness and ultimate happiness. And you are now hitting between your 30s and 40s and you find that none of those things make sense. None of those things actually are giving you what you wanted it to give you it's not allowing you to have that sort of uh, you know deep peace that you have been looking at so when you look at you know this cure that we have to have it has to be a deep cure because the root of this problem is that we have this fear of the future and so when you look at the quran the quran places to us answers to these questions firstly the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, who am I? Why was I created? Why was I put in this life? Where am I headed? What is my final destination? What is death? What will I face after death? What is the duties that I have assigned in this life? So the Quran places you in front of detailed answers to all of these questions. And the starting point to this is that when you are reading the Quran, Allah is addressing you as the creator of this universe as your creator and Allah is the one who has created life and death right and this is a very very pivotal point Allah is addressing you that he is the one who gives life and the one who gives death and why this is important is so that as you are looking and reflecting on your own journey you have to understand that the story of you, the story of your existence and the story of your duty, all of it is in understanding that you are bayna rahman you are between the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are between in, in the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are living through his mashia, through his desire. And so when you can understand that, what you know last week we explained the ayah that when you are toiling laboriously and you are you know looking forward to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you are first trying to find out what is it that you have to do why is it that you have to do it and what is your purpose is your purpose to get up every day go to work come back spend your money go for holidays come back enjoy your life go for an umrah come back go back to work come back to work drop the children pick up the children that is not the deep, the, you know, the, the actual focus of your life. And so, let's go to the understanding of this concept of fear of failure. 
So this this cause of fear of failure, if if you look at it, if a person you know starts to study, one important reason people study is because I'm worried I don't want to have poverty. Or I, a lot of people in our communities, we say, you must study because you, if you have a job as a backup, you know, we say as a backup, in case your husband leaves you, in case you get divorced, in case something happens, you know, you have a backup. And subhanAllah, you know, it's not, we're not saying that it's wrong to study. But what is wrong is, is the, 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 the reality of you, your fear that I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow to me. I don't know what's going to happen with my risk. I don't know what is going to happen in my life. And you take that fear and you are putting that fear or you're putting tawakkul on your studies, you're putting tawakkul on your business, you're putting tawakkul on different things so that you can remove the fear of your future. And that is why it doesn't work. Because the very thing that you are using to remove the fear is, subhanAllah, the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is removing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the equation. And so... Let's look at the at the at the at the cause and and you know the 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 reality of the situation. When we are young and we go to school and we, at that time we are all constantly you know surrounded by these worries. And when you give you know you repeatedly give into it. For example, you think to yourself, okay, I'm studying. Will I will I do well with this degree? Will I pass this degree? Will I even you know get a job after I finish this? What, what happens if I, you know, part of the weaker group? How can I build, build a future for myself, for my family? How, you know, I have so many desires, I have so many ambitions, I have so many goals. How can I achieve them? When will I achieve them? How will I achieve them? What will guarantee me to be success, or successful or, you know, or to be a failure? What happens if I do everything and, and nothing works out? And so, subhanAllah, when you start to have a mind that has these worries and you repeatedly give in to them, then anxiety starts to take hold and take root inside of you. And then that turns into this depression and this, you know, anxiety. And so what the soul then needs is, is that it needs something important and that is trust. Trust, trust, trust. And this doesn't happen overnight. This trust is, has to be built so that I am able to remove the, the constant worry, which is naturally part of any kind of journey of life. So when you now are, um, you know, when you are looking at your heart, and your heart has this trust in it, and your heart has this faith in it, then anxiety becomes subservient to the tawakkul. Anxiety now knows that yes, there are worries, yes, there are difficulties, yes, there are challenges, but my trust in my creator, in the system of my creator, my trust in his, in his ultimate promises to me removes and calms down my worries. So it's very normal, it's incredibly normal for you to say, I'm going to get married, I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know what's the next stage of my life. That's absolutely normal, right? Anxiety is normal, even if it's, if it's you know, even if it's, it's painful, it's still normal. You know, I've got a project, I've got work, you have, you know, you worry, you stress, and then you eventually you sleep. But the moment, you know, you, you wake up, again, those worries consume you. And then the anxiety starts to last for, de for longer periods of time. Then it goes into deeper, uh, you know, deeper types of depression. Then it goes to unrest in your mind. And so, what happens is, when people are consumed by this kind of worry, 
then if the worry is, is financial difficulties, then you become consumed by dreams of richness and you strive and strive in search of wealth and you think, you know, everything, I, I need to ha and make money, I need to make sure that my children have money, I need to make sure my empire is, you know, built, I need to make sure that when, my, when I'm gone, my children are set up for And subhanAllah, he is now consumed with a life that the fear of poverty is now driving him to do only this one thing. And so the, the question then is, does that fear of poverty ever leave him? Sometimes he can have millions in his bank. He can, have, he can be so um, you know, accomplished in what he does. And yet he still the fear of, of, of poverty will be with him. That even though he has so much of money, he becomes stingy in his spending because the fear of poverty consumes him. And so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it such, that as life happens, sometimes businesses fail, sometimes business endeavors don't open up, and he finds himself again poor, then what happens now? What will, what will, what will be his mental state? That fear was driving him. Suddenly things didn't go as he planned. And so you see this cause of anxiety and turmoil in the soul. And so when people are in, you know, if I, in these moments, and you are trying to figure out, how do I control this? How do I control this worry of money, the worry of the future? How do I control my, my anxiety of what's going to happen to my children's future? My anxiety when my, the business is going under. And so we do what we are always commanded to do. We go first and foremost straight to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as always, we'll find the cure. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, in Surah Al-Mulk, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Huwa Alladhi Ja'ala Lakumul Arda Zalulan Famshu Fi Manakibiha Wakulu Min Rizqih Wa Ilayin Nushur Allah says, it is He who has made the earth submissive to you to walk is broad tales and eat from what it provides. The, uh, there is, the resurrection is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now firstly, Allah commands you to work and not to resort to idleness or unemployment. So there's no such thing as I can't and I don't have and I'm not able. Allah commands you to do work and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you to make sure that you are you are you are ma making an effort towards your risk, right? And so, when you look here, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He says, in all the verses in which Allah commands righteous deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to do our a'malu saliha. And with our a'malu saliha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to work for our sustenance, right? If you look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a very strong hadith, he tells us, the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, although both are good. Strive for that which will benefit you. Seek the help of Allah and do not feel helpless. If something afflicts you, don't, do not say, if only I had done such and such, the matter would be such and such. Rather say, Allah has predestined and whatever he wants, he does. If you say the word lo, this opens a door and lo means if only. If only I had taken that business venture. If only I hadn't gotten married. 
If only I hadn't gone to this particular place. If only I had listened. That word, if only, opens a door for shaitan to work. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command, and this is one of the greatest, greatest answers to the worries that we face, the anxieties that we face. First, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you to work in all the ways that you can to build a civilized and materially viable society. We are not a society that we sit back and we think that other people do. We have to work for our risk. Allah says here, make sure that you are looking and you're going out from shufi manakibiha wa You go out and you see and you search and you look for your risk. You, you work for your risk. You strive for it. Yes, 100% your sustenance comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But your juhd, your sacrifices and your, your, the work that you place, the actual effort that you place is what Allah encourages us to do. And subhanallah, when you have done this, when you have done everything, at the same time while you are running your business, while you are taking your children to school, while you are paying school fees, while you are enrolling them, while you are doing all of these things, you're going to work, you're coming back to work, you, are, you say the statement that removes that worry from your heart. It is if Allah says, whoever puts his trust in Allah, Allah will be sufficient for him, he'll be enough for him. It is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, now that you have started working, plant in your heart my trust. Your work is not what maintains your livelihood. Your business is not what makes you happy. Your work on the land, your growing of crops, your raising of animals, none of that enriches you and provides you. Rather, it is me, I command that land to respond to your farming, to your agriculture. I command the different factors and creations to yield to your work and efforts. Put your trust in me after you have taken the first step and carried out what you were supposed to. Now, I would suggest if people are going through anxiety and people are going through you know, challenges in life when it comes to worry about your future and finances, you write these statements down and you repeat them daily and daily. So the first one is, you repeat to yourself every day, Allah will be enough for me. Allah will be enough for me. Allah will be enough for me. Allah then says, so look at the different statements to ease that worry in your heart. Because Allah knows how difficult and challenging it is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Talaq, And whoever has the, the consciousness of Allah, you will give him a way out. This makhraja, this word makhraja, when things look like it is not opening up, when things look like you are drowning in every possible direction, when you are trying to find a way to escape, repeat this word, Ya Allah, I, I've got school fees, I've got this to do, I've got that to do, I've got to travel, I've got to have, I've got so much of responsibilities. Ya Allah, I'm going to put my trust on you. I'm going to have this consciousness of you and you will grant me a way out. Then Allah says, min And Allah will provide in ways that you do not accept, expect. Now, subhanAllah, why the statement is so important is because when you are, the deeper the fear 
the deeper the unrest, the deeper the worry of finances, the deeper the worry of what's happening to my children, the future, my own self, the deeper your statements have to be, the deeper your belief has to be in these words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beloved listeners, we are going to take a short break. When we get back with the light ta'ala, we will continue with the ayat that remove this fear and worry of the future and fear and worry of our financial situations from our heart. Barakallahu feekum. You are listening to Hayatun Tayyiba with myself, Mu'alima Shakira Hanja. Today is a Wednesday afternoon. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we are making tadabbur fi ayat al-Rahman. We are pondering over the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum. We'll be back shortly. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatun Tayyiba. With myself, Malima Shakira Hanja. Alhamdulillah, we have just been for a short ad break. And we go on now, Bidnillahi Ta'ala. We have been chatting and looking at anxiety and unrest, looking at the fear of the future, fear of our financial worries, and how do we combat that with the ayahs of the Quran. Now, the ayah I mentioned earlier was from Surah Al-Talaq. We now move on and we are looking at what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Allah is saying in that ayah which I just recited before the break, whoever has the fear of Allah, the consciousness of Allah, Allah will give him a way out. And Allah will provide for him where he does not expect it at all. So in other words, obey the commands of Allah, reconcile with me, trust in me, and then leave your result of your work to me. I am the guarantor of your happiness. And subhanAllah, this is where we fail. We do our work, we put in all the effort, and then we start to say, if I don't do it, no one else will do it. If I don't make the effort, no one will take care of me. I'm always taking care of everyone and no one's taking care of me. Those statements mean that your tawakkul, your trust is not being developed in Allah. Your trust has been developed in yourself and your own abilities. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is encouraging us to look at how we are going to develop this relationship with him where the consciousness of Allah is at the foremost and the risk that Allah gives us comes in such a way that we would not expect it because we are not tying our work to our own efforts. We are not tying our work to who I am, subhanAllah. You cannot think to yourself, I want to start a, a business and then you say I will do this and I will do that. No. You do everything and you say I did nothing. Allah did everything subhanAllah. The negation of self is so important because when we constantly say you know I've done this and I've accomplished this and I've accomplished this and I've accomplished this then what we do is we create unrest in the soul because the soul feels like it needs to do more. It must do more. It's, you know what's going to happen if I don't? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is encouraging us to put in the effort, but to leave the result to Allah. To put in the effort while the heart is understanding that the effort is not coming from you. And you see this when people have businesses. Subhanallah, many people will open the same business. They will open the same, and Allah just doesn't make it successful for one, and Allah makes it successful for the next one, subhanallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us, that when you live a life, and specifically when you have the worry of, of, of your risk, and I you know, remember a very, very beautiful incident with, my, with my, my parents one day, many years ago, subhanAllah, may Allah have mercy on them, raised their darajah. We were in, in the car, 
And I remember I was driving, my dad was next to me, my mom was at the back seat, and we were driving, and subhanAllah, we had a little bit of a financial emergency, and my mom was stressed out. And my father was sitting cool as a cucumber, making thicker, and he said to me, uh, you know, and my mom was on the phone, and she was trying as hard as she could to sort out. There was a massive, uh, uh, you know, worry on their heads. What would they do? How would they do it? Well, how would they sort it out? And I can remember the time, you know, we were just driving down uh, a Durban town, the old town, and we were driving down, and my father says, stop, I want to go and read Salah. And we go to the masjid, subhanAllah, I'm parked outside, and obviously it's not the time of salah. He goes in, raises two rakats of salah, comes out, and he's calm. And my mother's panicking, and she's just making phone calls and phone calls at the back seat. And it's, it's quite a long time ago, so I remember the phone was a very, very big, big phone. You know, what those long little eggs, those, those uh, semens that first came out. And subhanAllah, you know, my, my, my father comes into the car, and he tells me, he says, you know, Allah says in Surah Al-Nuh, that you, if you want to have any kind of, of, of salvation of your worry, of your financial worries, if you have any problems, Allah says, That make and ask Allah for this forgiveness, and He is so forgiving. And then He, you know, He went on to decide, and I can literally hear His voice in my mind, Allah say, He says, Allah will send down the skies to you, for you. Allah will grant you gardens, He will grant you all of these things. All you've got to do is, Make sure that your heart is only attached and your mouth is attached to making the istighfar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has addressed you with these words that are overflowing with promises. Allah is saying, respond to my commands and exert my effort. Put your trust in me, rely on me, depend on me. Make your mouth, you know, make it moist with my remembrance. Allah is saying to you, I will take care of your finances. I will take care of your, your worries. I will take care of school fees. I will take care of everything. What you've got to do is be conscious of me. And so what happens to us is we get pushed and pulled down the line of, um, I, but, you know, logically I have to do this. But, I, but you have to put in the effort. But I, and then while we're putting in the effort, then we forget that the effort doesn't do anything. The effort is the means to get closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, beloved, beloved listeners, when you are consumed by anxiety for your business, consumed by anxiety for financial stresses, you tell your financial stresses and you tell your financial wor- wor- uh, your worries and you tell all the statements and invoices and everything else, Hasbi Allah, my Allah is sufficient for me. You tell it that I am putting my tawakkul on Allah and Allah will sort it out, subhanAllah. And you will see how Allah will sort it out. And I've seen the complete opposite of this. When we don't put that trust in Allah, we go to the credit card. Wallahi, Allah makes us drown in that credit card because we have made that credit card as a salvation for ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then does what Allah makes us subservient to that credit system and we can't, we can't get out of it because we, for this moment there we slipped and we said uh, I need to take the means that has been placed by man over the means that has been established by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now beloved sisters when you are looking at the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you these promises right what is Allah doing? Allah is addressing you He's giving you words that overflows with promises definitive promises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, you know, if you are, you are this believer in Allah and you trust this believer in Allah, this, 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 this promise of Allah, you are living your life on it. And imagine now you're listening to these words, وَمَن يَتَّقِ That person who truly is conscious, conscious of Allah, 
Allah will give you that opening. In manners that you cannot understand, Allah will send you your risk. And so you will go out, you will work hard, and you will return home, and you will sleep irrespective of whether you sold one little packet of rice or you sold ten tons of rice. Whether you have risk or you don't have risk, Allah will send that risk. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that that heart finds its calmness and its solace in the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you can, write down these ayat. Just say it all the time. فَهُوَ حَسْبِي Then he is sufficient for me. Then he is sufficient for me. Then he is sufficient for me. And so I was telling you the story, subhanAllah, that my father gets, comes out of the masjid. I can remember my mom panicking. I can remember the time, you know, the, all of the stress. It was a massive amount of money that we had to do. All of the financial worries. And we drive, we're coming home, and everything is going on and on and on. And subhanAllah, as we get home, my mom gets a phone call. And somebody who unrelated, she was shocked. Why is this person phoning her? Unrelated to anything in that moment, subhanAllah. And yet, this person phones and says, I have, there's a certain amount I have been owing you, and I needed to pay it back. I've been trying for such a long time. Alhamdulillah, I'm able to do it right now. And Allahu Akbar, that amount was the amount that we needed in that moment. Allahu Akbar, the exact amount. And my father, you know, may Allah have mercy on them both. Smile, he turns to me and he smiles. He says, See, this is the promise of Allah. Allah says, You know, in Surah Al Nuh, He says, You just make, you just make my istighfar. You just do that. And I will open, and I will open, and I will open, and I will provide, and I will provide, and I will provide. Subhanallah. How beautiful are the promises of Allah. You can then travel the world with no money. You can conquer places that you that you've never dreamed of with no money because you have a heart that understands that it is Allah, it is Allah, it is Allah, it is Allah, and it is Allah again and again and again. Now, alhamdulillah, we are looking at this mini-series where we are looking at anxiety and depression, the root causes, and how and the ayat of the Qur'an that can combat that. We've looked now at financial worry. We've looked at a few, fear of the future. We move on to the third cause, which is the fear of adversity and affliction. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, oh my word, uh, you know, South Africa has launched this case against Israel. What happens if they turn around and they attack us? What will happen to us if we have to go through war? We won't manage. And subhanAllah, this third main cause of depression, of grief, of worry, is when a person fears that musibat will come to him. When he sees things happening, people are, are going through difficulties, he worries. They are sick. I will get sick. This will happen. I, and, and we saw this in the time of Corona. Didn't we see it? How worried people were that they might die, that they might get the sickness. And so... And then you saw the people of Iman, you know, subhanAllah, calm as you please, not shifting in any way, knowing that whatever is going to happen is from Allah. Whatever does not happen is also from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So grief and worry comes to us because we are worried about afflictions, about musibah. And this is, you know, what might happen in the future? Maybe a person will get sick. I've seen people worry and worry about getting cancer. And subhanAllah, it is so crazy. 
most of the time the people who have those fears and those worries are the ones who are afflicted by that cancer by that worry subhanallah and so when we look at you know these kinds of afflictions we look at different things like wars like things like you know disasters we look like uh, like earthquakes like natural disasters all of this subhanallah you know that you you worry that you are you might these things might happen to you and i think in south africa a huge one is we worry about getting attacked or we get we worry about people breaking into our homes and so you find that you might be in perfect health and well-being you might be a person who doesn't have anything that's worrying you you don't have any kind of deformity you don't have any kind of test of your body of your of your sickness but subhanallah you're living in a good community there's prosperity around you but despite all of this he has grief and worry that is struggling with is drowning with and why is this happening it is because say yesterday he went to visit somebody and that person has been struck with a terrible illness when he went home then he started to think what would happen to me if i had to be struck with that how would what, what would i do if how would i get rid of it do i have enough funds to take care of me which hospital will i end up in how can i how do i protect myself from that and so when he years of afflictions hitting some country there's earthquakes in some country and he has a lot of news he goes back home and he imagines what will happen if we have an earthquake how difficult will life be and so when anything actually happens he immediately immediately anything happens even if it's just an accident even if it's something he goes and he has he feels endless sorrow and endless grief he cannot get out of it because this affliction has happened and subhanallah if somebody else on the other hand you know that person he keeps asking herself with himself will i remain free of illness will i remain free of any kind of epidemic or any kind of sickness and all of a sudden he feels a pain in his body he has a little twinge in his chest so what does he do he you know before he even goes to the doctor he has another illness and this illness is the illness of doubts and illness of anxiety and so now he goes to the, the doctor and he goes for tests upon tests upon tests he does scans and he does tests and it becomes clear that he has this kind of illness in his body and so now he is he gives in to the feeling of anxiety and depression and this person comes he starts to hate life starts to feel stressed with life you feel like you know i i don't want to die i don't want to die i want to hold on to life he doesn't know what's going to come after death and so because of this he's